Book Seven, Chapters One and Two of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Velwest. Camilla, or A Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney. Book Seven, Chapter One The Right Style of Arguing. Camilla was received with the most tender joy by all her family, again reassembled at Cleves to welcome the return of young Linmere, who was expected every hour. Sir Hugh, perfectly recovered from his late illness and busy, notwithstanding all remonstrance, in preparation for the approaching nuptials, was in spirits that exhilarated whoever saw him. Eugenia awaited that event with gentleness, though with varying sensations from fears lest her personal misfortunes should prove repulsive to Claremont, and from wishes to find him resembling Melmond in talents and Bellamy in passion and constancy. Dr. Orkborne gave now his lessons with redoubled assiduity from an ambition to produce to the scholastic traveller a phenomenon of his own workmanship in a learned young female. Nor were his toils less ready nor less pleasant, for a secret surmise they would shortly end, though not till honour should be united with independence for his recompense. But Miss Margland fretted that this wedding would advance no London journey, and Indiana could not for a moment recover from her indignation that the deformed and ugly Eugenia, though two years younger than herself, should be married before her. Lavinia had no thought but for the happiness of her sister, and Mr. Tyrold lamented the absence of his wife, who, alike from understanding and affection, was the only person to properly superintend this affair, but from whom Dr. Marchmont, just arrived, brought very faint hopes of a speedy return. Eugenia, however, was not the sole care of her father at this period. The countenance of Camilla soon betrayed to his inquiring eyes the inefficacy of the Tunbridge journey. But he forbore all question, and left to time or her choice to unravel, if new incidents kept alive her inquietude, or if no incident at all had been equally prejudicial to her repose. Two days after, while Camilla, still astonished by no news nor sight of Edgar, was sitting with her sisters, and recounting to them her late adventures and present difficulties with Sir Sedley Clarendell, Jacob brought her, in its own superb birdcage, the learned little bullfinch, telling her it had been delivered to him without any message by a man who said she had left it by mistake at Tunbridge, whence he had orders to follow her with it to Cleves Park. She was much provoked thus to receive it, Mrs. Alberry had pressed her to take it in her uncle's chaise, which she had firmly refused, and she now concluded this method was adopted, that Sir Sedley might imagine she detained it as his gift. In drawing out, soon after, the receptacle for the bird's nourishment, she perceived, written with a pencil upon the wood, these words, "'Thou art gone, then, fair fugitive. Ah, at least fly only where thou mayest be pursued.' This writing had not been visible till the machine was taken out to be replenished. She recollected the hand of Sir Sedley, and was now sure it was sent by himself, and could no longer, therefore, doubt his attentions being serious. 
with infinite perplexity she consulted with her sisters but when candidly she had related that once to her never-ending regret she had apparently welcomed his civilities eugenia pronounced her rectitude to be engaged by that error as strongly as her gratitude by the preservation of her life and the extraordinary service done to lionel not to reject the young baronet should he make his proposals she heard this opinion with horror timid shame and the counsel of her father united to impede her naming the internal obstacle which she felt to be insurmountable and while casting up in silence her appealing eyes to heaven for relief from the intricacy in which she found herself involved she saw lionel galloping into the park she flew to meet him and he dismounted and led his horse to walk with her she flattered herself she might now represent the mischief he was doing and obtain from him some redress but he was more wild and impractical than ever well my dear girl he cried when are all those betterings and worsings to take place numps has sent for me to see poor little greek and latin hobble to the altar but tis a million to one if our noble baronet does not whisk you there before her he's a charming fellow faith i had a good long confab with him this morning this morning i hope then you were so good so just as to tell him when you mean to pay the money you have borrowed my dear child i often think you were born but yesterday only by some accident you came into the world like minerva grown up and ready dressed what makes you think i mean to pay him have i given him any bond a bond is that necessary to justice and honour if i had asked the money you are right my dear i ought then certainly to refund but as it now stands tis his own affair i have nothing to do with it except indeed receiving the dear little golden boys and making merry with them oh fie lionel fie why what had i to do with it do you think he would care one fig if he saw me sunk to the bottom of the red sea no my dear no you are the little debtor so balance your accounts for yourself and don't cast them upon your poor neighbours who have full enough to settle of their own camilla was thunderstruck and have you been so cruel she cried seeing the matter in such a light to place me in such a predicament cruel my dear girl what will it cost you except dimple or two the more and don't you know you always look best when you smile i assure you it's a mercy he don't see you when you are giving me one of your lectures it disfigures you so horribly that he take fright and never speak to you again what can i ever say to make you hear me or feel for me tell me at least what has passed this morning and assure me that nothing new nothing yet worse has occurred oh no nothing at all all is in the fairest train possible i dare say he'll come hither upon the grand question before sunset camilla gasped for breath and was some time before she could ask whence he drew such a conclusion oh because i see he's in for it i have a pretty good eye my dear he said too he had such a prodigious friendship i think he called it for you that he was immeasurably happy and all that to be of the least service to your brother a fine fellow upon my word a fine generous spark as ever i saw 
he charged me to call upon him freely when i had any little embarrassment or difficulty or was hard run or things of that sort he's a fine buck i tell you and knows the world perfectly that i promise you he's none of your drivellers none of your ignoramuses he has the true notion of things he's just a right friend for me you could not have made a better match camilla in the most solemn manner protested herself disengaged in thought word and deed and declared her fixed intention so to continue but he only laughed at her declarations calling them maidenly fibs and assuring her the young baronet was so much in earnest she might as well be sincere as not besides he added tis not fair to trifle where a man behaves so handsomely and honourably consider the two hundred pounds i shall quite lose my senses lionel cried she in an agony i shall quite lose my senses if you speak in this manner lionel shouted aloud why my dear girl what is two hundred pounds to sir sedley clarendell you talk as if he had twenty pound a year for pin-money like you and lavinia that might go with half a crown a year if good old numps did not help you why he's as rich as croesus child besides he would have been quite affronted if i had talked of paying him such a trifle for he offered me anything i pleased oh he knows the world i promise you he's none of your starched prigs he knows life my dear he said he could perfectly conceive how hard it must be to a lad of spirit like me to be always exact i don't know that i ever made a more agreeable acquaintance in my life camilla was in an agitation that made him regard her for a moment with serious surprise but his natural levity soon resumed its post and laughing at himself for being nearly he said taken in by her childish freaks he protested he would bite no more for after all you must not think to make a fool of me my dear it won't do i'm too knowing do you suppose if he had not already made up his mind to the noose and was not sure you had made up yours to letting it be tied he would have cared for poor me in my scrapes oh no no whatever he does for me before you are married you may set down in your own memorandum book whatever he may please to do afterwards i am content should be charged to poor phil garlic he then bid her good morrow by the name of lady clarendell and said he would go see if little greek and latin were as preposterous a prude about young lindmere camilla remained almost petrified with amazement at her own situation and only was deterred from immediately opening her whole heart and affairs to her father with the confidence to which his indulgence entitled him by the impossibility of explaining her full distress without betraying her brother end of chapter one chapter two a council the next morning camilla eager to try once more her influence with her brother accompanied him into the park and renewed her remonstrances but with no better success and while they were passing by a private gate that opened to the high road they saw sir sedley claridel driving by in his phaeton lionel bursting from his sister opened the gate called to sir sedley to give his reins to one of his servants and brought him not unwilling though much surprised into the park 
camilla in dismay unspeakable at this conduct and the idea of such a meeting had run forward instantly to hide herself in the summer-house to avoid repassing the gate in her way to the mansion but her scheme was more precipitate than wise lionel caught a glance of her gown as she went into the little building and shouted aloud look look sir sedley there's camilla making believe to run away from you ah fair fugitive cried the baronet springing forward and entering the summer-house almost as soon as herself fly only thus where you may be pursued camilla utterly confounded knew not where to cast her eyes where to hide her face and her quick changing colour and short heaved breath manifested an excess of confusion that touched flattered and penetrated the baronet so deeply and so suddenly as to put him off from all guard of consequences and all recollection of matrimonial distaste beautiful resistless camilla he cried how vain is it to struggle against your witchery assure me but of your clemency and i will adore the chains that shackle me camilla wholly overcome by sorrow gratitude repentance and shame sunk upon a chair and shed a torrent of tears that she even sought not to restrain the shock of refusing one to whose error in believing himself acceptable she had largely contributed or the horror of yielding to him her hand while her heart was in the possession of another made her almost wish at this moment he should divine her distress that his own pride might conclude it but far different from what would produce such an effect were the feelings of pride now working in his bosom he imagined her emotion had its source in causes the softest and most flattering every personal obstacle sunk before this idea and with a seriousness in his manner he had not yet used this evening lovely camilla he cried let me beg for this evening the audience accorded me upon that which i lost at tonbridge he was then going but camilla hastily rising cried sir sedley i beseech when lionel capering into the little apartment danced around it in mad ecstasy chanting lady clarendell lady clarendell my dear lady clarendell camilla now was not confused alone sir sedley himself could gladly have pushed him out of the building but neither the looks of surprise and provocation of the baronet nor the prayers nor reprimands of camilla could tame his wild transport he shook hands whether he would or not with the one he bowed most obsequiously whether she would regard him or not to the other and still chanting the same burden made a clamour that shook the little edifice to its foundation the strong taste for ridicule that was a prominent part of the character of sir sedley was soon conquered by this ludicrous behaviour and both his amazement and displeasure ended in a hearty fit of laughter but camilla suffered too severely to join in the mirth she blushed for her brother she blushed for herself she hung her head in speechless shame and covered her eyes with her hand the noisy merriment of lionel preventing any explanation though rendering it every moment more necessary sir sedley repeating his request for the evening took leave 
camilla looked upon his departing in this manner as her sentence of misery and was pursuing him to decline the visit but lionel seizing her two hands swung her round the room in defiance of her even angry expostulations and sufferings which he neither credited nor conceived and then skipped after the baronet himself who was already out of the park she became now nearly frantic she thought herself irretrievably in the power of sir sedley and by means so forced and indelicate that she was scarcely more afflicted at the event than shocked by its circumstances and though incapable to really harbour rancour against a brother she sincerely loved she yet believed at this moment she never should forgive nor willingly see him more in this state she was found by lavinia the history was inarticulately told but lavinia could give only her pity she saw not any avenue to an honourable retreat and thought like eugenia she could now only free herself by the breach of what should be dearer to her even than happiness her probity and honour utterly inconsolable she remained till again she heard the voice of lionel loudly singing in the park go to him go to him my dearest lavinia she cried and if my peace is dear to you prevail with him to clear up the mistakes of sir sedley and prevent his dreaded killing visit this evening lavinia only answered by compliance but after an half hour's useless contest with her riotous brother returned to her weeping sister not merely successless with regard to her petition but loaded with fresh ill tidings that she knew not how to impart lionel had only laughed at the repugnance of camilla which he regarded as something between childishness and affectation and begged lavinia to be wiser than to heed it brother sedley has desired me however he added not to speak of the matter to numps nor my father till he has had a little more conversation with his charmer and he intends to call to-night as if only upon a visit to me when camilla learnt at length this painful end of her embassy she gave herself up so completely to despair that lavinia affrighted ran to the house for eugenia whose extreme youth was no impediment in the minds of her liberal sisters to their belief nor reverence of her superior wisdom her species of education had early prepossessed them with respect for her knowledge and her unaffected fondness for study had fixed their opinion of her extraordinary understanding the goodness of her heart the evenness of her temper and her natural turn to contemplation had established her character alight for sanctity and for philosophy throughout the family she listened with the sincerest commiseration to the present state of the case certainly she cried you cannot in honour now refuse him but deal with him sincerely and he may generously himself relinquish his claims write to him my dear camilla tell him you grieve to afflict yet disdain to deceive him assure him of your perfect esteem and eternal gratitude but confess at once your heart refuses to return his tenderness entreat him to forgive whatever he may have mistaken and nobly to restore to you the liberty of which your obligations without his consent must rob you to lavinia this advice appeared infallible but camilla though she felt an entanglement which fettered herself 
thought it by no means sufficiently direct or clear to authorize a rejection of sir sedley since strangely as she seemed in his power circumstances had placed her there and not his own solicitation yet to prevent a visit of which her knowledge seemed consent and which her consent must be most seriously to authorize she deemed as indispensable to her character as to her fears she hesitated therefore not a moment in preferring writing to a meeting and after various conversations and various essays the following billet was dispatched to clarendell place through the means of molly mill and by her friend tommy hodd to sir sidney clarendell i should ill return what i owe to sir sidney clarendell by causing him any useless trouble i can spare him he spoke of a visit hither this evening when i was too much hurried to represent that it could not be received as my brother's residence is at etherington and my father and my uncle have not the honour to be known to sir sedley for me my gratitude must ever be unalterable and where accident occasions a meeting i shall be most happy to express it but i have nothing to say nothing to offer that could recompense one moment of sir sedley's time given voluntarily to such a visit camilla tyrold ill as this letter satisfied her she could devise nothing better but though her sisters had both thought it too rigorous she would not risk anything gentler during the dinner they all appeared absent and dejected but sir hugh attributed it to the non-arrival of claremont in watching for whom his own time was completely occupied by examining two weathercocks and walking from one to the other to see if they agreed or how they changed indiana was wholly engrossed in consultations with miss margland upon the most becoming dress for a bridesmaid and mr tyrold having observed that his three girls had spent the morning together concluded camilla had divulged to them her unhappy perplexity and felt soothed himself in considering she had soothers so affectionate and faithful early in the evening tommy hod arrived and molly mill brought camilla the following answer of sir sedley to miss camilla tyrold oh, what in this lower sphere can be uncheckered when even a correspondence with the most lovely of her sex brings alarm with its felicity must i come then to cleves fair insensible but as a visitor to mr lionel have you taken a captive only to see him in fetters allured a victim merely to behold him bleed oh to-morrow at least permit the audience that to-day is denied and at our feet let your slave receive his doom sedley clarendell camilla turned cold she shrunk from a remonstrance she conceived she had merited and regarded herself to be henceforth either culpable or unhappy unacquainted with the feminine indulgence which the world by long prescription grants to coquetry its name was scarcely known to her and she saw in its own native egotism the ungenerous desire to please where she herself was indifferent and anticipated from sir sedley reproach if not contempt no sophistications of custom had warped the first innocence of her innate sense of right and to trifle with the feelings of another for any gratification of her own made success bring a blush to her integrity not exultation to her vanity the words victim and bleeding much affected the tender lavinia 
while those of fetters captive and insensible satisfied the heroic eugenia that sir sedley deserved the hand of her sister but neither of them spoke you say nothing cried camilla turning paler and paler and sitting down lest she should fall they both wept and embraced her and eugenia said if indeed she could not conquer her aversion she saw no way to elude the baronet but by openly confessing her repugnance in the conversation he demanded camilla saw not less strongly the necessity of being both prompt and explicit but how receive sir sedley at cleves and upon what pretence converse with him privately even lionel the next day was to return to the university though his presence if he stayed would in all probability but add to every difficulty at length they decided that the conference should take place at the grove and to prevent the threatened visit of the next day camilla wrote the following answer to sir sedley clarendell i should be grieved indeed to return my obligations to sir sedley clarendell by meriting his serious reproach yet i cannot have the honour of seeing him at cleves since my brother is immediately quitting it for oxford as soon as i hear mrs arlbury is again at the grove i shall wait upon her and always be most happy to assure sir sedley of my gratitude which will be as lasting as it is sincere camilla tyrold though wretched in this strange state of things she knew not how to word her letter more positively since his own notwithstanding its inferences had so much more the style of florid gallantry than plain truth molly mill undertook that tommy hodge should carry it early the next morning lionel was so enraged at the non-appearance of the young baronet at night that camilla was compelled to confess she had promised to see him and to give him his answer at mrs alberry's he was out of humour none the less lest sir sedley should be affronted by the delay and feared that the best match in the whole county would prove abortive from his sister's foolish trimmings and silly ignorance of life End of chapter two